chapter 2, verse 14. Again, it's good to see all of you this morning, and welcome into the house of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, amen. Even appreciate those that tune in on Facebook Live. Appreciate everybody tuning in because, hey, the Lord has his way of communicating to us. And all we need to do is open our heart so God can impart what he needs to impart into our heart and make our mind clear so the word of God will be the focal thing that is in our mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14 says, let me get my glasses just in case so I don't miss anything. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Let me read that again, because maybe you, you're waiting for the for the punchline and, and you missed that. Because that's kind of how our mind works. Our mind is always searching until it connects with something it can identify with. You'll see what I'm talking about today. So let me read this again. First Corinthians two, verse fourteen. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because he, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judge all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For who had known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, we'll begin in verse number 1, and we'll read from verse 1 through 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 1 says, I'm going to read this in the NIV version. I want you to get it a little bit clearer than how it's um, written in the King James Version. And so in the NIV Version, Philippians 2, verse number 1 says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, that is very important, any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. In the NIV version, in the, I'm sorry, in the King James Version, in Philippians 2 and 5, you understand it. You're familiar with it this way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you are on the throne. You're all powerful. You're all present and you're all knowing. We've gathered here this morning because we know it's right. Lord, we may not all have the right idea of while we hear what we need to do and what must happen to us. 
But God, I'm asking that you break in. I'm asking, Lord God, that you move upon us, for we are ignorant. We are unwise. We don't know, but you know, Lord God. You are all-knowing, and you have all wisdom, Lord God. And so we ask, Lord God, that you will break in. We open our heart today and say, Jesus, impart your truth and move on us, O oh God. Baptize us with your spirit, Lord God. Allow our life, Lord God, to be molded and shaped, Lord God, into who we ought to be in Christ Jesus. Today, Lord God, I pray that nothing will hinder us, Lord God, from the touch of your hand, from the moving of your spirit, and from bringing us in one accord with you. God, we are to be one with you, and I pray this morning that you'll move on us in such a way that, Lord God, we will enter into a place, Lord God, of divine encounter with you, that we can become one, one, Lord God, that we can become in alignment with you, uh, not just for the moment, Lord God, but for permanent change uh, to come into our life, uh, for permanent change uh, to overtake us. Will you have your way this morning, Lord? Uh, oh God, forgive us of our sins uh, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, will the blood be applied one more time uh, that, Lord, we can be free and ready to receive from you? Uh, we give you all the praise and all the honor for you alone are God. Have your way today, Lord, for all these things we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm always trying to figure out as Christians how so often we have so many different perspectives on life. As Christians, somehow it seems that we don't always see things the way we ought to see them because we're Christians. I know we're all different. We all have different personalities. But as Christians, I think oftentimes we drop the ball on this because we may think, well, I'm not like you. And the other person may say, well, I'm not like you. Well, I'm here to tell you that's true. And that's obvious. But when we become Christians, we're supposed to start having the same view on a lot of things. We're not supposed to be so far apart in our view in how we see things. But oftentimes, that's the way it is. We're far apart in our view in how we see things. And, of course, our emotions and our experiences kicks in. And so we're far apart in it. And we're wondering, what are we doing? How can this person see it that way and that person see it that way? And, and, and sometimes it even challenges us to not co commit our life to Christ the way we should because we question whether uh, our walk with Christ is even sometimes, you know, legit or it, it's right because we're looking at that one and they're walking this way and we're looking at that one and they're walking this way and this one thinks the scripture means that and that one thinks the scripture means that and we're wondering, well, what is this all about? 
it ought not to be so. We all are supposed to be one with Christ. The Bible says that Jesus came into this world to be about his father's business. Of course, Jesus is the son of God who Jesus is God manifest in flesh. But as flesh, he's the son. But as God, he's the almighty. And so he came to do his own will. But just to be technically sound, he says, I came to do my father's will. That's just to be technically sound. But but really and truly, he came to do his will. And so he's never separate from the will of God. And so he showed us that while he walked this earth, he was one with God because he was carrying out the will of God. And so if we're striving to be like Jesus, then we're supposed to say, Jesus, as you came to do the Father's will, so are we doing your will. And if we're all doing the will of God, then guess what? We're all supposed to be seeing it the same way because he is the author of it. He is the one that instructs us about it. He's the one that's just moving everything. But if we do anything on our own, it's going to become a little bit blurred. The Bible says in Corinthians, the natural man. And I got some things here I want to share with you about the natural man. The natural man in the text we read is referring to the physical man, the intellectual part of man. It means literally soulish. You know, we like to say, I'm a soul, soulish. Fleshly, which means we live our lives according to our lower understanding, according to our flesh. We're sensual, which means we live our lives with the appetite and desires of the flesh. The natural man is a bold and vivid personification of that depraved nature that we inherited from Adam, which is a fallen nature, sinful nature. It is the source and seat of all actual personal transgressions. It makes our general conduct self-pleasing, and we are dead to spiritual things. So here is the truth. Because Adam and Eve sinned, we all picked up a lower nature than what God had created and gave to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had a God nature. They were created in the image of God and had a nature of God. But when they disobeyed God and sinned, they now started operating in their flesh, low nature. Because anything that is not godly, it's low. And so Adam and Eve started operating in their lower nature because they sinned against God and no longer was operating in their God nature. They distorted, they, 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 they messed up the nature of God that was in them because they sinned against God. 
And so because they are the ones that's responsible for the whole population of the world, they passed on that nature of sinfulness to the entire world. Every person that was born through Adam and Eve took on a sin nature and not a God nature. So when you hear the word of God says the natural man, it, 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 it can't please God. It's a low nature. It's not because God is trying to make us feel bad or try, try to speak derogatory towards us. What he's saying is when Adam and Eve sinned, you all picked up that nature and that's a lower nature than mine. And so we're living in that low nature as long as we're in the, in the flesh. Dictionary.com says the human mind is the set of cognitive faculties, including consciousness, imagination, perception, thinking, judgment, language, and memory, which is housed in the brain. It is usually defined as the faculty of an entity's thoughts and consciousness. How does the human mind work? The brain works like a big computer. Listen to this. It processes information that it receives from the senses and body and send messages back to the body. Let me say that again. It processes information that it receives from the senses, low in nature, the body, low in nature, and send messages back to the body for the body to carry out the actions. So if we depend on our intellect and depend our experiences to govern our life, we're going to stay in a sinful state forever. We're going to stay in that lower nature state forever because all we're doing is processing information that comes from our senses and that comes from our physical nature. And that's all we're processing. That's all what the body is just, just calculating to give us the signal on how to act on it. If we just continue to live without Jesus. <laughs> the brain can do much more than a machine can. Humans think and experience emotions with their brain, and it is the root of human intelligence. So your brain, obviously, is the seat, the root of your intelligence. But understand that your intelligence have nothing to do with God. Your intelligence cannot impress God. Your intelligence cannot please God. Your intelligence can't take you to heaven. Your intelligence won't work for you when it comes down to spiritual things. But if we look at our life, we will see a lot of our intellect just working constantly on a daily basis. And can I say to you this morning, I came in this one, I just feel like so often what we try to do, unfortunately, is live this life 
that we are in, this body that we're in, this world that we're in. We're living this life, doing our best to make the best of this life. And then when it's time to come to church, then we check in. Unfortunately, if we live like that, it's going to hinder us when we come here. We won't receive from God like we need to receive because all the stuff that we've been battling, all the stuff that we've been doing has now impacted our mind and it's in our mind and we come to church because we know it's right and we come before Jesus to worship him but we lift our hands and we're thinking about what we need to eat. We lift our hands and we start to think about where we're going at the church. We're singing but we're thinking about something else when we should be thinking about Jesus and until we get a mind that will now move us to every day consistently have the mind of Jesus working in us. We're going to struggle. We're going to be challenged and we're going to get frustrated with ourselves and with other people because it's just not working the way we want it to. I'm talking about being Christ-minded today. Why did Paul focus on the mind? Because the mind has analytic abilities. It creates reasons and justifies actions. It harbors suspicions and catalogs offenses against us. It advocates fighting for our rights. When someone has to try to prove to you that they're right, lower nature at work. Remember I said that the other day, that that why do we feel compelled that we always got to make sure people know, well, I'm right. Anytime we're fighting for that, that's the lower nature working. That's not the God nature working in us. Because the lower nature, it can't help itself. It has to let everyone know that it's right. It can develop, we talking about our mind, the lower nature, it can develop a bad attitude and foster resentment. Our mind, the natural man, causes us to do comparison with one another. We want to know, man, why, why, why can't I just not do that? And there's certain things that we're struggling with, and we don't like it because we have come in contact with Jesus. We're struggling with it because we've read the word of God and we're saying, I know this is not good. I know this is not right. And I don't want to do it, but somehow we still find ourselves doing it. The Apostle Paul made that clear. So it's not just us uh, that are here today uh, at this church, uh, but all across the world there are people that's trying to live for Christ uh, and they're saying every time I try to do well uh, evil is present. Every time I try to do good, uh, here comes something else uh, that's bad uh, that's challenging me. Uh, so So it's all of us that are struggling with the things that are not godly. Oftentimes, as two or more people begin to approach each other, the very first thing they do when they come in contact with one another is to check each other out thoroughly. Why? Because you will do the comparison thing next. So, hey, hey, and we start to walk towards one another, and the closer we get, the more we're going up and down trying to be discreet. Hey, hey, I watch it all the time. 
I'm a people watcher. So I know everything. Not literally. But I know how people behave. Because I watch people a lot. That's just, I don't know what's up with that. But I just watch. I like to learn things. And so I'm watching. I was talking to someone the other day, and I learned some time ago. When I learned this, I just thought this was just crazy. Fellas, I know those of you that are not married, and when you weren't married, I know you used to like to check the sisters out. And you was scoping and checking the sisters out, see what you thought of her. But I learned a while back, this is in Christ's tone, that women scope women out more than men scope women out. Don't mess with me. Women are checking women out more than men check women out. Here we are as men thinking, we checking her out, saying she's fine. The other chick been checking her up and down already. Look, know everything that she wearing. Look at her hair and know what it looks like. Can tell you everything, and if she don't know, she might sneak over there and say, hey, get your hair done at. But women check women out more than men check women out. So we're always doing a comparison thing, depending on what neighborhood you move into. You, your neighbor can't wait to see you out in the yard or by your garage or something and says, hey, good morning. Welcome to the neighborhood. Guess what's his next question? What do you do? Why? He want to know who's next door to him. Because what you do for a living will tell him a whole lot about you. We're always checking each other out. Low nature. Physical nature. Human nature. Not the things of God. And so we check each other out. So we're comparing ourselves to each other. People often compare themselves to excuse their behavior or to bolster their pride. So the neighbor that's checking you out, he a CEO. He want to make sure you're not a CEO. Oh, you're just a director. I'm a CEO. <laughs> I'm just telling you how life works because the lower nature is at work. So, well, you know, you can't. Remember, I always tell this church, don't think you're hiding anything. Now, you might live your life thinking you are covering something, but I'm telling you, if you're dealing with people that are godly, if you're dealing with people that understand the word of God, you're not hiding nothing. Can I let you in the secret? A godly person don't disclose everything they know. And you might think they don't know. <laughs> we think we're covering up something. We can't hide anything. Because that lower nature is what it is. This is why I've been saying to you for so many years, the scripture teach, all have sinned. Why do I keep telling you that? Because I want to make you comfortable with who you are. I want to make you comfortable saying, let me live my life for Christ and not worry about anybody else. Because as long as we're living our life thinking, we got to watch out to how we look. Because we want to look better than the next man. We want to look better than the next person. As long as we live our life comparing ourselves with each other, we can't move ahead. But the day we say to ourselves, 
ourselves. I don't care what you are doing in Christ. I don't care what she is doing in Christ. But I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not comparing myself with you. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. This is why God is calling all of us to understand our purpose. Somebody in here, hear me this morning. We have to understand who we are in God and understand our purpose. Let me tell you, it's unfortunate that we are a people of God and we should understand that everything in this world was brought into existence for a purpose. How can we, the most precious thing, the most valuable thing in this earth, not think we have purpose? How can we live our life without purpose? The most valuable thing, the most valuable commodity, it's not precious stones. It's not all the money in the world. It's not material things. The most valuable and precious thing in this world is a human life. And if we're the most valuable and precious thing, the question is, what is our purpose? Because everything else that will one day pass away, it has purpose. But our purpose we need to know. Everything has purpose. You look around and you look at the refrigerator and say, man, somebody designed that refrigerator so it can keep things cool. And then I look at my life. Well, what is my life for? How can a refrigerator have purpose and I don't have one? How can an automobile have purpose and I don't have one? How can a house have purpose and I don't have one? Man, we got to stop and say, Jesus, I'm tired of living in that lower nature of just trying to impose or trying to impress with my intellect and miss out all on the things that are important, the things that you have called us to be and do. We got to become Christ-minded and stop being human-minded. We compare ourselves with each other. They may look at people, when we compare ourselves, we try to look at people who look like they're worse off than us and think we're doing pretty good. But the sad thing about it is somebody's always doing better than somebody. You, you, You ever check that out? You might be doing all right, but somebody's doing better than you. So that's frustration to keep comparing yourself with the people that you're doing better than because somebody doing better than you. Hmm. We got to set aside that comparing. Paul wrote to the Romans, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment. Be devoted one to another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Each believer should not be completely absorbed in his or her own concerns and spiritual growth, but should also look at others, noting their good points and qualities. A sure cure for conceit and ambition is appreciative recognition of others' good qualities and their walk with God. How often do we go to one another and says, man, I admire your, your, your walk with God. I admire your consistency. I ad- admire the way you just, you know, are faithful and committed to God. When do we do that? Paul pointed out that people look to their own interests, not those of Jesus. 
We look to Jesus' interests when we come to the building. We look to Jesus' interests when we finally get to that point or get on that page. So if you're faithful to Thursday night Bible study, you look to Jesus when you get here. If you're faithful to service on Sunday morning, you look to Jesus when you get here. Unfortunately, that's the intellect working. Unfortunately, that's the lower nature working. Because when you're Christ-minded, it means that's how your life is governed. So in all points and in all ways of how you go through your days, it's always Christ-centered. All points, all ways, all Christ-centered. And if it's that way, you will always be ready to do Christ-minded things. It won't take a long time to come to church and get us going. If you come early on, on, on Sunday mornings, you can tell, I've lived this for a long time, you can tell what people were doing. I'll let you in some stuff. I'll just let the door open the door wide so you can see. All my life, not all my life, but a lot of my life living for Christ, I will always, I can always tell what's going on in the congregation when I come out to start church for prayer. And so when I come out to start church, if we were in the right place, five minutes and the place is on fire. Just let, I'm just letting you in the truth. Five minutes the place is lit because we were all were in the right place before we got there. We didn't need to get there and get warmed up. We were already warmed up. We were already steaming, ready to go. We stepped in there. We mm, let's go. Fire. Then there's days. They say, man, when Brother Wayne going to stop praying? I'm sweating up a storm. Trust me. Sweating up a storm and I'm praying. You think it's the sermon, but I'm praying. And people sit back like, yo. They ain't say it to me, but I know that's how they're thinking. When is he supposed to stop? Praying. It's like 15 minutes. I mean, and they, what, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you today what was going on. I couldn't get nobody to get going. And, I, and in my mind, I said, what I know, I don't want to waste God's time. I don't want to waste, well, we ain't wasting God's time, but our time. I don't want to waste the preacher's time. I don't want to waste any time. So the bottom line is, if we don't get going before the preaching comes, the preacher will not help us. That's what I knew. And so all my time in my mind, I, I care less about praising. I care less. I need us to step into the presence of God so when everything else happens, it will impact our life. But if we don't get into the presence of God, it doesn't matter what happened that day. Nothing will compute. Nothing will stick with you. So I would pray 20 minutes, and they would wonder what's going on. I wasn't feeling anybody else with me in the spirit. And so I prayed until I felt somebody joining with me in the spirit. Sometimes I didn't. And so I just sat in my seat and cried to God, God, help us. Help us, Lord, because we're all in different places in our thought process. That's because the lower nature is working. So in Philippians 2 and 5, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? It means to, I love this. We need to exercise the mind of of Christ in our life. 
when it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, it means we need to exercise the mind of Christ in our life. It also means be of the same mind with Christ. It also means think like Christ. See where I'm going with this? We all got all these way of preference, our preferences and what we think. And unfortunately, when we are Christ-minded, it don't really matter a whole lot what we think. We don't like that. Let me say this real quick. You know why people don't want to come to church for the first time? Or for the 50th time, church, for the most part, because it ain't all churches that does this, is going to challenge you to change. And so many of us are pretty comfortable with the life we've been living. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need more money. I'm not saying we don't need to upgrade our homes. I'm not saying none of that stuff. All I'm saying is the way we go about everyday life, we're pretty, we're we're rolling. That's what we do every day. This is how we live our life. And so what they think and what people begin to think or the devil bring it to their mind is if I start going to church, it's going to disrupt my flow. And so people avoid church. Not because they don't think God is all-powerful God. Not because, they, not, not, not because they don't know that God is the one that died for their sins. They know all of that. But they know if they go, God is going to require them to do stuff that changed their life. So now they're like, eh. And then what they do is, well, God died for us and he loves us. So if I just read my Bible sometimes, if I just pray sometimes, I know God will let me in heaven. But the motive started with, I don't want to change my life. I don't want to change my routine. That's where the motive started. And so while you want to cling to the goodness of God, your motive was wrong to begin with. People don't understand that. They start trying to evaluate God on his goodness and his love. And they don't realize if God really want to get technical with you and get straight in your grill... When he questioned you, it will reveal your motive. Didn't we read that about on Thursday night? The rich young ruler that says, God, I've been moral all my life. I've never done anything immoral. I got money. I'm living a good life. What do I need to do if I need eternal life? God knew he had bad motive. God knew his trust was in his money and not in Jesus Christ. So God said, I'll tell you what, sell all your stuff, give the money to the poor, come and follow me. Dude couldn't answer the question. He, he couldn't budge after that. Why? Because his motive got exposed. So we can, we can brag or present ourselves in a certain way, in a certain light, but you don't want God testing you because he did it to Job. Again, Job is another one. We read about Job, nice guy. Pray for his kids, take care of them. But he had a little bit of pride in him. And God allowed the devil to mess with him to work that pride out of him. So God deal with our motives. And we sit around thinking, 
Oh, God, your goodness. Oh, God, your love. And God said, yeah, I have all that. But I know your motives. And I'm trying to make your motives pure like mine. God is trying to make our motives pure like his so we can be who we need to be, so we can be like him. He said, I want you to be like me, which means you got to have my motives. Your heart got to be like my heart. And that's what God is trying to work at in us. The mind of Christ is revealed by his word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 and 1. If you want to know the mind of Christ, read the Word of God. If we want to understand the mind of Christ, get into the Word. Because the Bible says the Word is God. He cannot be separate from His Word. And so if we want to know the mind of Christ, read the Word of God. Oh, somebody hear me today. It's a reason why it seems like we can read everything we need to read. But when it comes on to the Bible, it's a struggle to read the Bible. Why? Because the devil don't want you to know the mind of God. Your flesh don't want you to know the mind of God. Nothing in your life wants you to know the mind of God. And so as soon as you pick up the book, if you finally do pick it up and start reading it, all of a sudden, there's distraction. All of a sudden, you can't read. All of a sudden, you're tired and want to sleep. It's because it's the mind of God and the flesh and the devil will do everything Everything he can, everything it can to stop you from seeing and knowing the mind of Christ. We know the mind of God because it's revealed by his spirit. Scripture says, for who had known the mind of the Lord? That they may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 2 and 16. We have the mind of Christ. What do you mean by that? Bible. It means that through the word of God, we have the mind of Christ if we want it. That by the spirit of God, we have the mind of Christ if we've been baptized with his spirit and his spirit dwell in us. If we have the Holy Spirit in us, it means we have the mind of Christ in us. The question is, will we exercise the mind of Christ that is in us? The question is, will we become like-minded with the mind of Christ? Christ. I'm almost there, Brother Chibi. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 13 says this. But as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. That's a whole lot of, that's a loaded statement right there. Everybody wants stuff from God, but God says, I have stuff prepared for those that love me. Oh, Lord. When you love me, you will keep my cup. When you love me, you will be like me. Which means I got stuff stored up for you. But for the ones that don't love me, I don't have anything stored up for you. 
I love you, but I don't have anything stored up for you. So he loves you. His love don't make stuff stored up for you. It's your love for him that gets stuff stored. Oh, somebody. <laughs> Listen, I said all the time. I said the issue is not God. The issue is us. Because the Bible says Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. So if Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, if there's an issue in the relationship, it's because we're not loving him. He loved us. He first loved us, and so he died for us, and so he has demonstrated his love. The question now is, if something is off, it really goes to, do I love him? And if I claim I do, how can I prove that? He proved that he loved us because he died for us. So how do you prove you love him? Anybody got the answer? It's simple. He showed you how to show love. How did he love you? He died for you. So how are you going to love him? And since you can't die physically, what is he talking about? (laughs) So when you died to the flesh, it means now you live for Christ. That's what it, we love to say. He loved us so he died for us. That's true. He loves us so he died for us. The question is, now how do you show him your love? Remember I told you, coming to church don't show God you love him. Because we can come to church and we can experience his presence and that makes us feel good. We can come to church and somebody can pray for us for blessings that come in our life, and that can happen. We can come to church and we put our offering in the basket, and next week we get a check in the mail ten times. That So we can come to church and it will be strictly for us. So now the question is, how do we show him we love him? Verse number ten. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. The things that the eyes have not seen and the ears have not heard. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. If you want to know the mind of Christ and, and exercise the mind of Christ, you have to know the word of God. You have to get the spirit of Christ in you to help you understand the mind of Christ. We cannot know the mind of Christ or exercise the mind of Christ, or be of the same mind of Christ, or set our affections on Christ until we first are born again. 
Now let me mess with the born again people in here today. You can be born again, but not transformed. You can be born again, but not transformed. Because you get transformed by the spirit and the word, by the mind of Christ. But being born again just means you have access to be transformed. You have access to have the mind of Christ. You have the access, uh, but it doesn't mean that you are transformed. It doesn't mean that Christ is working in you. It just means you have access. And so, in order for us to become Christ-minded, we have to be born again. I hope I'm clear enough for you to see that the Bible says that the natural man don't understand spiritual things. So if I stay in my natural state, I will only be able to understand some things, minimal things of Christ but not a whole lot of things. And there's going to be so many things in Christ that I'm going to come across that is not going to make sense. I'm not going to understand it and therefore will not be able to incorporate it in my life because I'm a natural man. So you're going to be limited in what you understand and what you can do as a non-born again human being. But if you become born again, you now have been washed your sins removed, you have God's spirit dwelling in you, and now you have the opportunity to exercise the mind of Christ in your life. And if we're going to be transformed, we need the mind of Christ to be exercised in our life. Oh, somebody hear me today. I'm feeling something here. I'm feeling that we need to ask ourselves, are we where we need to be in Christ or do we need to pick this thing up? Is Christ about to return to the earth for his people or is he just waiting for a long time? I tell you, I don't know the day nor the hour that he will return. I don't know the day nor the hour I will leave this earth through death or you will leave this earth through death. But I'm here to tell you, I think God is calling us to pick this thing up and says, I can't just be natural man. I can't just be complacent in being a carnal person. I need to kick in gear and become spiritual so spiritual things can begin to take control and a hold of my life and the mind of Christ can, can, can begin to just move and overpower me. God help us today. Father we love you. Help us today Lord God. Bring about change in our heart, Lord God. Lord, we can't just continue. When do something happen and change will take place in our life? Oh, God, we all know that you're real. We all know that your word is true. God, how do we find it, Lord God? Oh, Father, within us or just, just whatever we need to do to move past just being in the natural mindset. The scripture says the natural man is dead to spiritual things. The natural man cannot perceive spiritual things. We must be born again to be Christ-minded. To be Christ-minded means to live our life imitating Christ. 
got to tell you. If you start, if you let the mind of Christ begin to exercise in your life, first of all, the kind of wisdom you get is out of control. But the other thing about having Christ's mind being in you, you will begin to understand like Solomon wrote, vanity, 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 all is vanity. The longer I live, the less meaning that I see in this world. I cannot lie to anybody. I'll be 51 years old this year, so that's not a long time. But it's a, it's a good amount of time. It's half a century, right? But the longer I live, the more I start saying, it's not a lot of meaning to this life without Christ. It's just not. It's like we just on this wheel and we keep going and doing the same thing and repeating. And if you go talk to somebody that's older than you, they just telling you the same. What is different? What is different? And I don't want to go to church and just be on the church wheel. What is the difference? I need to live out my purpose. I need to have the mind of Christ being exercised in me so I cannot feel like this world and this life is just a wheel and I'm spinning on it. I need to live out my purpose. You need to live out your purpose. The time is now for us to press forward and live out our purpose through having the mind of Christ. Same thing over and over and over. Over and over. What are we doing? I'm not impressed. You may be. I'm not impressed with the same things over and over. Not impressed. Not impressed. What I am impressed with is how God works. What I am impressed with is the things about God. I am impressed with that because I've never seen anything like that. What I am impressed with is when you get when you come in contact with God, God is doing things that you've never experienced. You're, if you really experience God, you'll realize this is not like everything else. What the preacher said when the girl got the Holy Ghost, she ain't never experienced nothing like that. She went and sparked up a joint. She's like, whoa, this is incredible. Because there's nothing like this. If we are going to exercise the mind of Christ, we have to imitate Christ. We have to imitate him inwardly and outwardly. Inwardly, we have to imitate his motives. Because his motives were pure. He was righteous. He was holy. And he loved. We always get quiet when we talk about love. I'm just telling you. We all get quiet when we talk about love. Why? Because we know we all need to do a little bit better in that area. It's okay. Just say you need to do a little bit better in that area. That's all. I mean, we got the greatest teacher that taught us, so we just got to keep on looking to him. Love is unconditional. That's one of the things I've learned about love, that I try to through the mind of Christ, because I can't do it in my own, but through the mind of Christ, I don't need you to be anything that I think is good for me to love you. Tony, I love you just because of who you are. 
You don't have to do anything to make me say, well, if he would just do this, I may love. No, no, no. Just the way you are. I love you, Tony. Isaiah, I saw you with your trumpet this morning. Just the way you are. I love you. You don't have to do nothing special. If you play the trumpet, I'm going to love you. If you don't play the trumpet, I'm still going to love you. We got to get to that place where we understand love is not predicated on how people behave. Because that's what Christ showed us. But that's what I'm talking about now. You see how you, see how, see how you kind of, oh, yeah. but that's what I'm talking about. You know why you can't say amen real strong? Because you're not exercising the mind of Christ. That's why you can't say it real strong. When, 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 you, when you exercise the mind of Christ, you're like, absolutely, yeah, preach it. Because you know you're loving people no matter what. They don't have to do something spectacular. When you imitate Christ outwardly, we got to do the things that he did. He pleased not himself. Put Florence on the spot. Because I'm just trying to show you something. Let me give you a little example and put Florence in it. Florence, sorry to put you on the spot, but I, I try. I use everything I can to teach you about the Lord. So yesterday, it's Saturday, it's hot, and we didn't really, you know, we're not getting no cooking when it gets hot like that. So, you know, kids had already ate. I came to prayer um, a little early, had a meeting, then we prayed. Um... I kept saying to myself, I want to eat something good. It's hot. I need something tasty but not heavy. And so I'm trying to figure out, what am I going to eat? I said, I'll figure something out. I had an, uh, I had an agreement with Florence. In case you all don't know who Florence is, I'm going to put her on the spot. She's right over here, Miss Florence. So, so here's the story. So her and I had agreed that she had she, she bought a house recently and I said listen let me come by and pray through the house and do our thing and you know she said okay we had it for last week something came up we couldn't do it last week so this was the week so we got in the car and we drove over to her house and you know I got my bottle of oil ready to pray let's go Florence said well have a seat okay I'm looking at my watch I'm telling you everything that's going on now, looking at my watch. I was supposed to have a haircut appointment. I didn't hear from the barber. Then all of a sudden, the barber called. Hey. I said, I can't make it. I thought um, you were leaving at certain, certain um, um, 7.30. I figured once I didn't hear from you at a certain time, you weren't going to be at the shop anymore. He said, well, I'm here. I said, listen, I have an appointment, and I'm over someone's house. I'm getting ready to pray, so. I guess we just got to do without the barber, the haircut. You know what he said? Let me tell you how God works. All right, I'm going to this picnic, and I'm going to go, and after the picnic, I'll text you, and I'll meet you at the shop. That's one thing already happening. Okay. Lawrence rolled out dinner. I mean, real dinner. Like, not just something. Listen. Florence rolled out dinner, some good soup. I mean, with a lot of pepper, like Jamaican-style soup. It was Nigerian soup. I'm like, yes, this is, I mean, good, strong soup. 
The soup that I remember back home when, when it, you know, as a kid, when it was just hot in Jamaica and we took our shirt off and just was still eating the soup and sweat just running around. That kind of soup. So I thought it was just some soup. And here come Florence. Chicken, plantains, rice. I said, you got to be kidding me. Juice, water, the whole shebang. And I sat there and says, dang God, here I am worrying my little brain about what I'm going to eat after I'm done praying and all this stuff. Give no thought on what you may eat, what you may drink, for the Father know what you have need of. Y'all think God is a joke. Y'all don't believe him. And so we ate, felt, felt good. This is good. More of the family. It wasn't just Florence. Her sisters was there. Nieces. I mean, we got a nice little house full. We ate. So I started praying. Went around the house. Laid hands, prayed. I felt the power of God. Then all the family gathered around Florence. She was in the middle. I laid hands on her pray. And laid hands on every one of her family members. Charlie, I don't know what's going on with Charlie, but Charlie had an experience yesterday. I don't know if he said anything, but the power of God, when I touched Charlie's head, something happened to Charlie yesterday. I don't know what it was, but something happened, and God moved on Charlie. So tell Charlie, don't forget me. And God moved on the whole family, and we had a great time. Why? The mind of Christ is working. I, I, I'm going to go pray. Not going to go um, do some stuff. Well, let me go get some food. I'm going to pray. The mind of Christ is in operation, and we keep sleeping on God. We keep sleeping on him like we still got to make our own way. Man, I don't sleep on him. Because he real. I just try to exercise the mind of Christ. Because what that dude says, that's what's going to happen. And if he said, give no thought of what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, and we worried about what we're going to eat and what we're going to drink. Just like some of y'all worrying about that now. So let me finish. Because y'all worrying about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. And he says, give no thought for that. But uh, I mean, it's up to you if you're going to exercise the mind of Christ or not. To be Christ-minded, we will have to stop living a self willed life a natural man will life and start living a christ willed life a spiritual willed life we can only become christ-minded if we tap into the holy spirit daily and multiple times daily how often do you go about your day and you're still talking to god you're just moving about your day, and you're saying, God, I love you. What are you going to do today? Open up my eyes to see what you need me to see. You're moving about your day, but you're still communing with God multiple times. The scripture bids us mind the things which the Lord Jesus minded, to love what he loved, to hate what he hate, the thoughts the desires, motives of the Christian should be the thoughts, desires, and motive of what Christ demonstrated. We must strive to imitate Christ, to reproduce his image, not only in the outward man, but even in the inner life. 
Here we are especially bidden to follow his unselfish humility. Christ is calling for us to exercise his mind and not our self-willed mind and not our natural man's mind and not our physical mind. Christ-minded. If we're going to see our life transformed, we're going to have to exercise the mind of Christ. If we're going to see change come to our life, we're going to ex- we're going to have to exercise the mind of Christ. We're going to have to live this life in exchange for the life that Christ lived while he was here on earth. Did you understand that? Do you know that we're supposed to, as Christians, we're supposed to be living an exchange life with Christ? He said, you were supposed to die, but I'm going to die for you instead. But the deal is, or the caveat is, if I die, you have to take my place. Christ has called us to live an exchange life. We like to say he died for us. What that means is he died instead of us dying. He died in our stead. Whoopee. That's great. Thank you, Jesus. He died. We should have died. He's saying, well, that wasn't for nothing. I died so you wouldn't die, but so you will take my place. What was his place? Now we go and look at his life. He loved people. He, going around, he went around preferring others over himself. He went around loving people. He went around healing the sick. He went around committing his life to, to serving people. He's saying, that's the life that I gave you and went on because I died for you. So you wouldn't have to die. It's an exchange life. And so when we live our life, the way we want to, we're living like Christ never died for us. That's how we're living, like Christ never died for us. Anytime we live our life the way we want, the statement we're making is, you didn't die for me, Jesus, so I'm living the life I want to. But if you acknowledge that he died for you, guess what happens? You have to now live the life that he would have lived if he would have stayed here and not died. Interesting, huh? We need to arm ourselves with the mind of Christ. So why don't we just look to the heavens real quick before we get out of here and talk to the Lord today. Be honest, be real, be transparent. You don't have to say no fancy prayers. You heard the word of God today, the natural man, how the natural man functions. And if we continue to process the information that the natural man continues to serve up, we could never please God. But if we finally, finally allow the mind of Christ to be exercised in our life, then we will overcome many obstacles. We will see things differently. We will think about things differently. We will not struggle the same way that we struggle when we allow the natural mind to have the preeminence in us. Father... In the name of Jesus Christ, you know everything, Lord. You're so amazing. And Lord God, you know our thoughts, the Bible says, afar off. 
before we even get the thoughts that we end up getting, you knew those thoughts. And so today, Lord God, I pray that I was the conduit that you needed me to be. I pray, Lord, that I convey the word of God the way you wanted me to. Now I ask, almighty God, that every person in this room will become vulnerable and transparent before you. That before we walk out of this place, Lord God, we will take up the mind of Christ and exercise the mind of Christ in our life. For God, it is clear in the word of God that we should let this mind which be in Christ Jesus be also in us. And Lord, we're struggling, suffering, and challenged because, Lord, we're not allowing the mind of Christ to be exercised in our life. But I pray today that somebody, somebody will look to you. Somebody, Almighty God, will give you the access to work in them and through them. Father, we don't want to walk out of this place the same way. But will you help us today, Lord God, to become a people that is transformed, a people, Lord God, that are Christ-minded and not flesh-minded and not natural man-minded and not physical man-minded, but Christ-minded. Will you help us today, Lord God, to process like you did? Oh, God, will you help us, Lord Jesus, to understand like you did? Will you help us, Lord God, to see the things that you saw? And Lord, live out the life, oh God, that you had intentionally placed in us to live out, Lord Jesus. Uh, Father, I pray today uh, that, oh God, there will be a move of your spirit deep down in our soul, uh, that the Holy Ghost power will stir, that the Holy Ghost power will move, uh, that the Holy Ghost power will transform, uh, that, Lord, you will bind us in unity uh, of your spirit, Lord God. Uh, ah, my God, I pray for every individual uh, in this house today that are bound uh, by thinking and thoughts, Lord God, uh, that have them distracted. I bind the thoughts and the thinking, uh, oh God, that is keeping us distracted. I bind in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I cast it out of darkness uh, in the name of Jesus uh, and I loose upon us, Lord God, the thoughts uh, of God that are pure, that are righteous, thoughts that are good, uh, thoughts that are honest, uh, thoughts that are good report. I loose them upon us, Lord God, uh, that Lord, we will be consumed uh, with the business of Christ. Christ, uh, that we will be consumed uh, with the kingdom, uh, that we will be consumed uh, with the things of God and not with our own things, Lord God. Uh, I pray in the name of Jesus uh, that, Lord God, this message today uh, will resonate. This message today uh, will do something in us uh, that hasn't been done, uh, oh God, since we started walking with you. Uh, I pray today, uh, oh God, that you will help us, uh, oh God, that you'll move on us and empower us. In the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of the Lord rise up. Let the Spirit of the Lord rise in us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody hear me today. God wants you to know that He loves you. God wants you to know that He is with you. He is just calling on you today to say, let this mind which be in Christ Jesus begin to work in you. Begin to be exercised in you. He's only telling it to you because he loves you. He's only telling it to you 
you uh, to transform your life for the good, uh, to make your life better. He only wants it for you uh, so you will not be the same, uh, so you will live a glorious life, uh, so you will live a fulfilled life, uh, so you will live a joyous life. Uh, God wants you to trust Him today. Uh, God wants you to obey Him today. Uh, so the blessings of God uh, can flow, uh, can flow in your life. Uh, hear the Word of God today. Uh, trust in the Lord uh, with all your heart. Uh, lean not to your own understanding, uh, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. Uh, he will direct your path. Uh, he will uphold you. Uh, he will keep you from falling. Uh, he will bless your life. Uh, he will provide for you. Uh, God uh, is not slack uh, concerning the promises of God. Uh, he said if you love Him, uh, He has a lot stored up for you. Uh, oh, will we just love Him back today? Uh, will somebody just love back the Lord? Uh, will somebody just let Jesus know uh, they love Him? Uh, let Him know that you love Him. Uh, he says if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, if you love me, trust me. Uh, if you love me, obey me. Uh, if you love me, exercise my mind in you. Uh, if you love me, love others. Uh, if you love me, serve me. Uh, if you love me, uh, oh, will you show it to me? Uh, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, uh, Lord, touch somebody's life uh, that it will not be the same again. Uh, touch somebody's life, almighty God, uh, that it will be changed. Uh, I pray, Lord Jesus, today uh, for change, uh, for shift, uh, oh God, for turnaround, uh, oh God, for a status change uh, in somebody's life, uh, that they will walk out of here today, Lord God, uh, with a renewed mind, uh, that they will walk out of here today, Lord God, uh, with a mind that is made up uh, to live for the Lord, uh, to trust the Lord. Uh, oh Father, we give you the praise and the honor, we give you the praise and the honor, Lord Jesus. Uh, will somebody worship the Lord in this place today? Uh, will somebody worship the Lord today? Will somebody open up their mouth and begin to praise Him? Will somebody exalt the name of Jesus? Will somebody begin to thank Him? God loves you and God wants what's best for you. Will you adore Him? Will you magnify His name? Will you glorify the name of the Lord? Will you lift up His name? He says, "Is I. If I be lifted up, then I will draw all men. Let Jesus be lifted up in your life. Lift up the name of Jesus and let His will be done today. Have your way, Lord. 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 Let the Holy Ghost flow. Let the Holy Ghost flow. Let the Holy Ghost flow. Lord, let the Holy Ghost flow in our young people's life, Almighty God. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow in our young people's life. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow in the leadership of this church. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow in the saints of God in this church. Let the Holy Ghost power flow in this church, in our lives. Oh God, let the Holy Ghost power flow. Put us in the flow of your spirit, Lord God, that we can experience the supernatural power of God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this day. 
as we go from this place, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, have your way in our lives. There is none like you. We give you the honor and the praise for all these things. We pray in Jesus' name. Will somebody thank the Lord right now for his goodness and his mercy? Come on, if you love the Lord and you appreciate him, thank him. Thank him. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you.